I got Nightingale. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm like, I'd say like two or three, between two and three hours in. I'm working on the review right now. What are the overall sentiments? It's very strange. Very strange. Like, aside from your, no offense, no, no offense meant because it's just your taste, but your bias towards survival crafting type games like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Asi- aside from that, there is a there is a lack of narration in this that I find just too hard to escape because, first of all, it's only $30, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. And right now there's like a 10% off, so you can get it for like 26. So like, I was like, sure, why not? 26, I, I, easy, right? Mm. It's very pretty. So far I like the idea of the procedural generation, but the progression is glacially slow, like to get to the good stuff. Mm. Um, and then of course it's your normal surviving crafting thing, like collect so many sticks to build a house, to then build a workbench. To It's very grounded in that way, you know? But it's just so hard for me to look at a game that was designed by one like all the developers in this company are from Bioware and not like current day Bioware, but the Bioware that gave us Dragon's Age and Mass Effect. Mass Effect being really the first game to ever like allow me to experience a romance basically fully digitally, you know? Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, the NPCs are so nothing in this that it, I, I just can't help but like, like, like not even just so nothing. Like, so like in this game, you can find people and recruit them, which I, f- I found really cool. I like that idea, like recruiting my own little team of NPCs, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't have to worry about playing with other people. But they're nothing. They don't talk to you. They don't conversate with you. There's no, like, there's not even, like, you know, even Watch Dogs Legion, when they were procedurally generating characters, had, like, a procedurally generated, like, bio story, you know? Nothing like that here. It is just, like, here's Theodore. He has equipment. He go with you now. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's just so weird to have that, you know what I mean? To have absolutely no personable interaction with the characters of the universe from a company that is made of developers who literally just do personable interaction. I mean, other than that, I think it's worth its money. It is, at the very least, an average survival crafting game. It is given a little bit of leeway because it's the kind of story and setting are so unique that I think that that really helps it. I also think it is in super early access. You can tell that by playing it. So much like Grounded, this is going to get better you know what i mean this is going to go up this is obvious this is very obviously a work in progress sort of thing that you're getting to play by paying a very discounted price you know mm-hmm. there's also i appreciate no games and servicey stuff in here like there's no like loot boxes or battle passes or anything like that you can play with friends you're not once you purchase it you're done you know you've got ever mm-hmm. you've got access to everything they have to offer but i don't know that just I, I thought that there would be, like, it's survival crafting that's a standard for the genre that the, the NPCs are kind of like nothing, right? But, like, I just expected a little bit more out of this, especially with the procedural generation element. You're procedurally generating the characters already. Why don't we get, like, anything with them, you know? 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I wasn't expecting here to, to go in and like romance them. You know what I mean? Or have in depth stuff like that. But just, I was just expecting to be more flavor there than there is. They're essentially like Fallout seventy six automatons, but in human form. You know. So an IGN eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's better than Skull and Bones, but I'm probably <laughs> the only person on the planet. Uh, so there's that. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. You, dear listener, for whatever reason, have decided to listen to another Horrible Gaming Podcast. But I am not alone. Usually I am never alone. With me is... Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. Totally knocked my controller. The hell is happening? And Mike set up when I went to struggles. Do, when I went to do my fake point at you, I hit the wire and pulled my whole like setup down. Uh, yeah, well, that's the kind of quality, you guys. This why it's Isn't a horrible that, gaming podcast. Is is you know? that not just the best? Uh, my yeah. my desk right now is completely covered in tax forms and go. character sheets like that's, that's that's too good that's that's the good that's the juxtaposition right there that's the, that's really that i i feel like that could be a new shirt as well old man gaming tax forms and character sheets tax forms and character sheets <laughs> that is one hell of a slogan right uh well, we're, we're gonna talk about, about video games today and actually we're gonna talk about movie today a little bit the borderlands trailer dropped movie we'll talk about movie we will Uh, movie the borderlands trailer dropped uh to mixed reactions uh which you will probably get on this very channel um so and and it's been a relatively snow news week which let's face it i'm always happy for um so we're gonna do that but before that of course we're gonna talk about your fan traction next but before even that we have to thank the people who have made this possible uh, behind our ugly mugs, you're seeing a custom graphic that is provided by Mr. Mark Bell. Thank him for that. And of course, the theme song for this show and all the music here at Old Man Gaming to keep us far, far away from the copyright claim demons is provided by the man who makes the music, my brother, Nick Vincent. Copyright so thank him claim for demons. Copyright claim demons. They out there. They out there. They coming for you. Uh, all right. We will be right back with Fan Turraction. <laughs> Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, everybody, that brings us to Fan Traction, our first segment, our most important segment. It's where you guys, the fans, you talk to us, the co-hosts, we read out your comments because we don't have a giant audience. We're able to do that, which is nice. Um, so <laughs> It's nice that we suck. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. Um, in, in that light, yes. Uh, if, if, I'm, I want to make an announcement. Never the, let us get too big. I want to make else. an <laughs> I want to make an update on the subject of merchandising because my 500 is quickly approaching. 
I have recently discovered it is way harder to put shirts up for people to buy than originally thought. I basically have to have a website, a separate website, which costs money, which I don't have. The, the whole idea of merchandising was I wanted to find a place that would allow me to use their storefront. Like, here's the shirt design. People buy the shirt design from your store. And then there's a markup for you so that they would get a cut. And then, so I would just be sending them to the, the online store. But I run into the problem of this. There are two types of people who do this stuff online. There is one type, which is the storefront, and one type, which is the shirt designer. And apparently, never the two shall fucking mix. Uh, so I'm having the hardest time finding a way to do this without actually purchasing a website. And that would be useless to us at this point. So, um, yeah, I'm working on it, though. I'm working on it because Etsy storefront and a cricket. I have found that I could do it through Etsy. The problem is, is that Etsy marks it up themselves. Maybe so I, I will be looking at if I did shirts through Etsy. There's a the the best place that I've found so far is Printful. That's the one that uh, a friend of the show Wizards Respite uses for his merchandising. He uses Printful, but he has a website to sell stuff through. I do not have this website. So Primful basically is like, you got to sell it through your own storefront. But Primful has a markup for themselves. And then Etsy has a very generous markup for themselves as well. So then you're talking double markups. For me to make any money off that, the shirt is way too expensive at that point. You know what I mean? So like I'm trying to find a way to make it so that like somebody isn't trying to buy one of our dumb shirts for like $32. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that's the update, everybody. I have a shirt design and everything. It's it's our logo, the 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 guy on the couch logo, and then it just says quantity over quality on it. I think it's a really <laughs> cool shirt idea. But I I and and then I invert the colors for the people who don't like the white. So it's like white, it's like black inside white, and then I inverted it to white inside black. But again, cannot. Cannot find a way to make this happen, uh, but I'm still researching it. I'm not giving up. We will have merchandising by the time we hit 500 subscribers. Still got a ways to go. We're only at like 225 or something like that. I mean 425. Sorry. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> we lost a lot. Only, yeah. <laughs> Woof. Um, <laughs> that's news. <laughs> right. Uh, so starting us off, Jason says my thoughts on what? Jason, I actually said your thoughts on Nightingale. In the last show, I, I did say the name of the game. I think you may have missed it, uh, but that's fine. It, it's PC only, but it's survival crafting, and I know you tend to flourish in that genre. So I was wondering if you had followed it and thought about it at all. Um, I have purchased it now uh, as of Friday, and it is, it's an interesting game. It's an interesting game. Um, it's got some ups and downs. I'm working on a review. Um, yeah, so... That's what I was referring to, my friend. Uh, then William Holwyn, hi, exclamation point. I completely understand you wanting to talk about a game you love, even though it's not the popular opinion. This is what my whole channel is about. I'm going to stop, full stop on the reading, and just Zach Van Slyder's telling you guys, go to William Holwyn's channel. It's William H-O-U-O-U-I-N. He does a lot of crazy off-the-wall games. He does weird speed runs with these games. He also has his own podcast that does not post as regularly as mine, but it is very good and just as good. 
I really enjoy William Hoolan's channel. Go check him out. He also has, and I'm going to say this with all honesty, a way better Discord than me. His Discord is popping off. It is the place to be. I can't even keep up with his Discord. Whereas our Discord is just like, every once in a while, one or two guys will yell at us. <laughs> That's basically it. Uh, so, continuing to read William Hoolan's uh, uh, post. Anyway, sounds like you're enjoying it. And I'm all for that. Parentheses, enjoying games is a precious thing nowadays. He continues, as for the sales number, I believe they're probably quite low. The new Prince of Persia sold only 300k copies, even with the lazy good press about it. So yeah, I want to talk about that when we're done with the when we're done with the reading. Uh, PS5, he continues, PS5 is mid-cycle. So are they going to start releasing some games for it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. hot take. Oy. Oy, uh, oy. Yeah. And then he continues, oh, my, as for my hot to- my off topic, apart from speedrunning Scourgebringer, I'm on the leaderboard now. Congratulations, sir. I started playing Nier Automa, uh, Automata uh, for the first time. Music and cinematography are insane. Almost at the end of the first playthrough. Can't wait to see what happens when I do, uh, when I do more of them, great game for sure. Thanks for the show. Hashtag, you're already, you're already here. Why, why leave now? <laughs> okay, bunch of things to cover in that. I agree. I, I think one of the biggest. Uh, I agree on the Ubisoft stuff, but the Prince of Persia thing lends more credence to what we've been saying about Ubisoft. Ubisoft does not listen to what people want. Ubisoft, everybody in the world wants a new 3D Prince of Persia game or a Prince or the Prince of Persia remake slash remaster that they promised eons ago. And instead, yeah. we got a Metroidvania version of Prince of Persia with a completely new story. So it doesn't matter how good it is. You're trying to force feed us something we don't want, we didn't ask for, nobody wanted, and they don't buy it. I think the same can be said about Sea of Skull and Bones. I like Skull and Bones. I love Skull and Bones. But I think the community as a whole did not want Skull and Bones. And because of that, you're now trying to convince us it's a, it's a quad A game and the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think Ubisoft just is completely failing to listen to its fan base uh, and just the gamer communities at large. Yeah. um, That's the thing is they wanted to capitalize on the franchise of Prince of Persia without actually uh, putting out what people actually want. Uh, Almost to some degree with that, at least that's how Skull and Bones started. Uh, was supposed to be capitalizing on a part of the Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. games, but then turned it into something completely different. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, honestly, isn't that all media anymore? Just capitalizing on <laughs> capitalizing really on something that somebody really has is. already created and making it uh, a sequel or adjacent to that thing. Which we're going to talk about again today, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's all really media content is anymore. I just, I still think there are a lot of companies out there that are way better than listening to what the fan base at large wants. And it's like, that Prince of Persia game, it can be good all day. It felt like a reskin of another game to be a Prince of Persia game. Like, it felt Mm -hmm. like they slapped the IP on it, you know, to try and 
placate people who have been waiting for a Prince of Persia game forever. I don't even necessarily think when it started design, it was a Prince of Persia game because the main character isn't even the Prince of Persia. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more of them trying to give us things and tell us we want it when we don't. We haven't asked for it, you know? Um, as far as the PS5, no, that's is that what I want to talk about? Uh, yeah, the PS5 being mid-cycle, uh, not having games. Um, yeah, it's, it's the fact, like, we really need to start considering what we're going to do with this console market because I think, I think the crash really is going to kick off with the release of the new consoles because those new consoles are going to be between 700 to $1,000 easy. There's just no way to do the math in your head in a different light, you know? Mm-hmm. If these things are going to be better than the systems that we have now and these systems are not dropping price, in fact, going mm-hmm. up on the mid-cycle... And again, we talked about this last week. I think we did talk about this last week. We talked about this last week. The reason consoles get cheaper is the technology in them becomes outdated. These consoles are not becoming cheaper, not not necessarily because of the unmitigated greed of the corporation. Not saying it's not there. But they're not becoming cheaper because the systems within them are not becoming obsolete. They're, They're not, the price inside them is not going down. They're not becoming less needed. So that means that the technology has reached this singularity where it's not like you, you can't get it much better than what it is right now unless you spend untold amounts of money. So like if these things are not coming down, that means that the parts that they're going to be putting into the new consoles are going to be well beyond the level of price range for any sane person to spend on a console. I mean, at that point, why aren't you just building a PC for yourself, you know? Um, I don't know. Go ahead. I can tell you're chomping at the bit to say something about this. And, I mean, there's there's been a bunch of rumors, you know, now that the, we covered that little bit last week about the console being midlife and everything like that. Uh, there were a ton of rumors that came out about us gearing up for a PS5 Pro, even though there were rumors before that they weren't even going to do anything like that. Like I almost wonder at this point, if it is, if it is something like, uh, I wouldn't call it a course correction, but like trying to plant a seed to steer a ship. Yeah. Like saying, okay, well, you know, we're mid cycle. Oh God, we're mid cycle. That means the PS six is coming. Right. Uh, well, nobody likes the fact that the PS six is coming. Uh, nobody likes the fact we did uh, a mid-console, mid-generation. So let's just talk about the Pro. Uh, Oh, yeah, the Pro is going to be a thing. Maybe that'll quiet people down and give us a reason to repackage the same tech. You know, usually a slim model like we had with the PS5 Slim is significantly smaller than the previous generation. It really wasn't a whole heck of a lot smaller for more money overall. It's kind of like you said, it's... If there's going to be a crash that's going to happen, I think the uh, telltale signs of it are going to be in the next generation because you actually said something that I was literally about to say. I think it's telling that the consoles have not gotten a price cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've not gotten a price cut at all. Usually about three-ish to four-ish years in, they shave like 50 or or 100 bucks off of them. No. And the used versions of these consoles are still going for stupid mm-hmm. amounts of money. 
that tells me that there's still inherent value in the consoles that we have. Yep. Because again, nobody's really gotten their hands on them until relatively recently. They're not so, becoming obsolete either. The technology exactly. in them is on par with the technology in a lot of PCs right now. I, I think, I also want to point out, just for history's sake, and I don't, I don't understand how this has flown under the radar as much as it has. Like, I'm surprised even IGN hasn't commented on this. This is the first time in the history of the console industry since the Nintendo Entertainment Center system that a system has not reduced in price mid-lifespan. Mm-hmm. No other system. We're talking all the way back to, to basically when I was fucking born. No other system has failed to reduce price as it's as it's continued its lifespan, like during its actual lifespan. No system. Like Sega Genesis went down, Nintendo went down, Super Nintendo went down, Nint- Nintendo 64 went down, Sony, uh, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Xbox, Xbox, all of them, they all dropped in price mid, like mid-generation lifespan, right? Like... Mm-hmm. This is the first time ever where they're like, nope, it's just always going to be that much until the next one comes out, which means that the next one has to be more. And I also want to point out, if they think that they can raise the console prices that much, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, price of games is going to be 80. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I want to point out that nobody's talking about, is if those console prices go up to to $700 to $1,000, why... Wouldn't the games go up to eighty to ninety? Like, do you disagree with that logic? No, not at all. Um, that's the thing is they've been searching for reasons for a while to raise the the price of games. And I think now the perfect storm of the new console generation and the pushback on right. microtransactions and everything has made it acceptable for the console manufacturers and the software developers like the companies as a whole just be like hey so like we kind of understand that you know we haven't raised the price of games in a while they've stayed the same but like things are more expensive and you know we can't put microtransactions in the game well you know that is what it is i can hear the talk track now yeah well the previous generation didn't sell as well as we thought because we had the timing wrong right and this that and the third so our solution is to uh sell this new console at the premium because this is the true version Mm -hmm. of the playstation or the xbox and it and they're (coughs) going to say too because i mean microsoft is already loaded on it but i wonder if sony is going to do the same thing like in all the games that we have coming out they're going to be cross-platform mm-hmm. but if you have the new console it'll be just a little bit better and you're going to yep. feel the value of what you're getting out of it i think i think this whole thought process too is sending us sprinting towards the cliff uh, of a proverbial crash because i do not think the mass public at large uh, I th- there's a breaking point. There's an absolute breaking point for the people at large. And I think these companies think that we will play anything for the video games. We have already stopped paying for a lot of high-end games that are considered failures uh, because they cost so much. And if this goes up, if you're talking 
700 to $1,000 systems with 80 to $90 price tags on games, people will stop buying them, at least right out of the gate without sales or whatever. That's going to kill the profit margins that these companies need to make in order to justify this kind of shit. And then all of a sudden, gaming goes right out the fucking window. Uh, and I, I think then that maybe I can get to my fucking backlog. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. It's true. But, but um, unfortunately, Skull and Bones will be dead by then. So I won't be able to play it anymore. Um, all right. Well, that's it for fans' reaction. I know it was a long one on that one comment, but we only had the two. So I figured we'd go a little in depth. Those are some good comments from William Holwyn. So uh, this might be a shorter show. I know I'm jinxing myself by saying it, but uh, we're just. I don't know. I don't know. I feel it this time. I feel a little something in my bones. I feel it. Uh, We're going to talk about the Borderlands trailer. Uh, And uh, I have a lot of negative shit to say about it. (laughs) I I think Neil has positive stuff to say about it. So as usual, uh, you just get to watch two friends. Yeah, two friends to argue (laughs) on the internet. Uh, Fighting! Um, All right. Do you remember long ago? Yes, I do. Long, long ago when we were told to fight. We were told to fight more. Kev oh, would try Kev. to get us to fight all the time. Hurts oh, my you heart. guys are too nice. Ties are too nice. He would. Uh, rest in peace, Kev. We love mm. you forever. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. He would always get us to fight. He would always get us to try and fight. Um, you guys are too nice to each other. You guys got to fight more. <laughs> <sighs> all right. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back with the talking point. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to our talking point. Today, we are talking about the Borderlands trailer. It came out, I believe, on Friday. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. It was like Thursday or Friday. Friday. Uh, We got a teaser for it the day before. Please, first of all, stop doing that. Stop doing doing nine-second trailers for trailers. Ugh. Um, So, uh, yeah, watch the trailer. It's two minutes. It's out there. It's on the internet. Uh, I, I did not like it, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Where should we start on this? Should we go positive first? Should we go negative first? Like, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I don't know how we want to do this. So I I think, uh, I think a shotgun blast of just things. Okay. um, All right. Maybe the best way to tackle this because there's no good starting point. No. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I'll just go with my personal feelings uh, yeah. to begin with. Um, I have to say that I was I was nervous about the casting mm-hmm. when it was announced. And I believe that my fears were at the same time assuaged, but also realized <laughs> right in front of me. Um, so... Uh, Kate Blanchett actually was not as bad as I was anticipating to turn out. Jack Black, I He's thought great. was is going to be great. Jack well, Black and and, be great. and I want to say this about Jack Black. I'm trying so hard not to interrupt you on other points, but I got to interrupt you on this one. Jack Black, I have nothing but respect for that man in the voice community because when he does a voice, he goes out of his way to make that voice sound unique. The Bowser sounded like Bowser. You would not, if you just watched Bowser and had no idea that Jack Black was playing Bowser, you'd be like, who is that? It sounds familiar, but you wouldn't know. 
Same with Claptrap. I truly, I kind of heard Claptrap. I feel like Jack Black really goes into a room and works on like a voice for this character and tries to get it as mostly accurate because of the entirety of the trailer, the biggest positive for me was him doing Claptrap. He really, you could tell he was really trying to capture the magic of that stupid little robot character. And I mm-hmm. really liked that. It was my biggest plus on this trailer. You may continue. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Terrible I, about interrupting. you know, no, I, I do think that that was a pretty, pretty good on the plus side of everything, but yeah. I will also say, um, the casting of, uh, Roland, uh, was they, they terrible, terrible. I do Kevin want Hart. To talk about this. I do want to talk Kevin about this. Hart. Is, so Roland. So, so a little backstory on this. I have not played the very first borderlands. Mm-hmm. Played two, played three, you know. So I mean, I I know who Roland is, and even just the brief like, the brief interaction with like the audio logs and everything with mm-hmm. him in two, right. I get an idea of his character. Right, he's very serious. When well, he leads you through the second one, weird, like he's the yeah. leader of the resistance. He, yeah, so. he's a very serious individual. Mm-hmm. He's a serious leader in a weird, fucked up world. Yep. Um. And then we have Kevin Hart, right? Who is a five foot tall squeaky toy? Yep. Playing a man who's supposed to be the only okay. voice of reason in this entire world. I want to. Um, I want to add more to this too. Uh, oh, go ahead, Roland. One of my biggest problems is I think Kevin Hart. I like Kevin Hart. I think he's actually underrated as a potential actor. I think people have kind of turned him into this like. <laughs> you know, character. I think yeah. he could do a serious role. So when I first saw the news of this casting, I was like, hey, let's give him a chance. Okay, I know he doesn't have the right size for Roland, but maybe he's going to treat this seriously. That is not what they did here. He is, again, a squeaky toy, and I wish they had... I, like, I would have been okay with him, you know what I mean, trying to make a serious character out of it, making a joke every once in a while in the Kevin Hart vein. I think that would have worked. But like, it doesn't look like they've done that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that like uh, he's he's very much typecast at this yeah. point. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of what just to really spin this off into like a movie cast mm. sort of episode. Uh, that's kind of the uh, at the heart of what Robert Downey Jr. was kind of getting at uh, when he was talking about uh, his work with Marvel, mm-hmm. and then going over to. Uh, the, his role in Oppenheimer. Right, right. Um, so he was very much like, you know, hey, I'm glad somebody can take me seriously and as not just like this one type of person. And it's like, it, it's it's one of those things that time comes for all. Right. And eventually when you're stuck in a rut of doing the same thing over and over, you're associated with a very yeah. particular thing. And that is the situation with Kevin Hart. Is and it would have been a perfect, would have been a perfect time to have a chance because it's a comedy. It's right. very obviously going to be a comedy. It's Borderlands, but you could have had him try to play this serious role. And he has the comedy chops to understand how to play a straight man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would have, it could have worked, but it just looks like they wrote him as Kevin Hart, just yelling at people. Um, now, uh, uh, to to get back to like the movie as a whole from okay. the trailer. I know I keep interrupting. Uh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, the one thing that I'm really concerned with is I'm really worried 
that like it's going to turn into just a fan service thing because mm. having not played the first game I don't know does this seem like this leans into the story of the first game or not uh well you're leaning into my big rant uh so I can answer that but it it uh, go for it okay I played all of the Borderlands games. I've played all of the Borderlands games DLCs with the exception of the uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands DLCs because I quit Borderlands uh, when I finished Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Other than that, I've played every DLC and every game all the way through. Uh, a big fan of the world, the canon, everything. Uh, I feel like they did a focus group on what the favorite characters of every fan was. Yeah. Because the first game, right off the bat, we've got two characters in this movie that, that are main characters that weren't even in the first game. One of them wasn't even in the second game. They were in DLC for the second game. Uh, and then we've got two characters that are stables of the universe, like stables through the entirety of the series that are just not present in this first game. Which leads me to believe that, like, there's no way they can tell the same story or even a story adjacent to the story without these two characters being present somewhere, and that's Brick and Mordecai. And they are completely absent from the trailer, completely absent from any of the casting. So it may, it, that right there, like, you talking about the fan service, like, to me, it's even worse than fan service. It's not like they asked fans of Borderlands what they want to see in a movie, they asked fans of Borderlands what their favorite characters were, and then they decided to do that. Tell me, tell me, what is a Borderlands? Right, right. I I also think, I do want to go back, just rewind just slightly on the Kate Blanchett thing. I liked the Kate Blanchett casting. She does look like Lilith in this game. Mm -hmm. My big problem with this, though, is Lilith and Roland are star-crossed lovers. Like, that is their whole through arc, is that they are they are completely and madly in love with each other. There is not a lot of love stories in Borderlands. Like, it is not a world that lends itself to that sort of thing. Often, Lilith and Roland are like it. I do not, like, are you trying to convince me that Kate Blanchett and Kevin Hart are going to be star-crossed lovers? Because... You've got a lot to work, a lot of work to do on that, <laughs> especially since you've cast one person that's like 20 years younger than the other person. <laughs> like it is it is all kinds of weird right off the bat. Um, there's also like like even Randy Pitchford said there's all these like themes from Guardians of the Galaxy to the trailer. Yeah. Uh I, I don't want Guardians of the Galaxy. I want Borderlands. And Borderlands is a very different thing than Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's my favorite Marvel movie ever. But, like, I don't I don't want my Borderlands to be Guardians of the Galaxy. I want my Borderlands to be Borderlands. Um, well, you know, and, and since you have invoked his name, good old Randall. Um, the Dark One. The Dark One. <laughs> the Dark Magician. <laughs> um so, of course, you know, when this trailer came out, too, he had to stick his nose out and things and, of course, tease the next Borderlands game. So, like, I almost mm -hmm. wonder if it was partially, like, he was waiting with that, too. Yep. To sort of kind of, oh, yeah, well, my favorite Borderlands game is the one 
that we haven't announced yet was the yeah uh, yeah was was the thing and if that is just not like the most vanilla mm -hmm. vanilla sort of pandering <sighs> advertising whatever the hell you want to call it right um I, I would barely even call it a tease right um so uh, one other uh one other thing i don't know if this is going to work in service of the movie as a whole or not i feel like uh they toned down uh, the character of Tiny Tina. Thank you. Yeah, I, my uh, next thing was going to be going to be, and, and what about Disney version of Tiny Tina? Because mm -hmm. that's what we got. Like, like Tiny Tina isn't a little girl with ears. She's a sociopathic mad bomber who got that way through trauma of her parents being killed in front of her. Like, like where's the badonka donks? And the, you know what I mean? Like the the, the comments we had from her was not madness. It wasn't like, it was just, it was just a little girl trying to look cool. I'm not throwing shade to that actress. I, I have no, nothing against her. I'm just saying because she's reading lines, right? Right. But I'm saying this character was definitely toned down from what it was in the, the games. It just was. Yeah. In fact, when we watched the trailer, uh, Kayla had even made mention of it. It's like, she's very, uh, She's very reserved yeah. for Tiny Tina. Yeah. Uh, and, and I wonder if that's part of, you know, at, at the same time, like, there were two focus groups happening. Right. The first one was, what right. is a Borderlands? And right. the next one was, I'm going to describe you some characters. Right. What is the line? What is too far? Or how do they sound to you? Right. Right. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, unless we get like a two minute red band trailer and she is just swear words and rap songs all over the place, then this Tiny Tina is not the Tiny Tina that I want to see at all. She is Disney Tiny Tina and I don't want to see that. I don't want to just see a little girl with ears on that sometimes blows things up. I like... She's a madness character. She's absolute madness incarnate. Like, that's what you want to see. I, I will say, mm -hmm. I love the casting of Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis. That, that's an yeah. absolute hit for me. Perfect. 100%. But again, the botches that you've already made and already shown me make me very nervous that she's going to be written correctly. Because Tannis was another one of those characters that was just a total unbridled psychopath. When you have a conversation with her, and that's why you laughed. It's like, remember when she would just like, in this, oh, what was it? No, it was the third game where she would just crawl into like dead bodies of things to, to like just sleep in them. Like, <laughs> we're not going to see that in this. And if we do, I'll no. be happy. But like, that's, that's another thing. Like, I think Jamie Lee Curtis could totally pull off Tannis and do it award, like not award winningly, but like perfectly. I don't think they're going to let her do that. I feel like this is Disney Borderlands, and it's not, or not even Disney Borderlands. I don't want to like peg Disney, just like, like kid friendly Borderlands, a PG thirteen Borderlands. I don't want that. So, uh, it's something else that I literally just thought of too is, do we know was there a rating on that movie or no? I didn't see one. I'm gonna look it up now. That's, I'm looking right now because uh, while you're uh, while you're looking that while you're looking that up right now, uh -huh. um, 
I have to say, yeah, this is going to be, it's almost like the Deadpool thing to where if this movie winds up being PG-13, you know it's not going to do well. No. There's no because way. of what the Borderlands is. I mean, it, it's it's the, the, the problem with something like this is we've talked about this at length before when we talk about all these different video game movie adaptations is in the end, it winds up being a story that is told as a game for a fan base being condensed down to it's just least common denominators and presented to an audience who knows nothing about it. Right. Because overall, if you took all the people who, you know, played the games, you wouldn't make enough money to make your budget back or you, you maybe you could, but you know, they're in it to make money overall. Right. So in the end, they need to appeal to as many people as humanly possible. And that's kind of the name of the game with movies and media and stuff like that. I get it. But at the same time, you can't wash out what it is that everything is based off of. Right. I I completely agree. Um, I I will say I am very weirded out by the fact that the director of this is actually Eli Roth, which is a horror director, uh, like a very famous horror director. And he actually wrote the screenplay. So... I don't know, but this is, it still just doesn't look right to me. Um, there is no rating that I can find, so I don't know that one has been announced yet. It doesn't come out till like, August, so... Yeah. We'll get another trailer, and that's when we're going to get our, yeah, uh, yeah. our rating. I mean, overall, I, I was not completely offended by it in, in everything that we've just got done, you know, I mean, as, we, as we are wont to do, shitting all over everything. It definitely but, nails the look and color of it. Like, I won't knock yes. that at all. You saw Sledge in the trailer, and he looked really good. Uh, you saw um, uh, Krieg looked really awesome. Claptrap mm. looked good. It had the kind of bright colors, but explosions of it. All the vehicles looked great. The monsters looked good. Like... It looks great. I'm not saying it doesn't. It's just what you've showed me, you, what you've presented to me, is not the Borderlands that I played for. And that, that brings you to a weird debate, right? And this is a debate me and my wife have all the time, which is a lot of times she would tell me, like, you don't look at... Back when we used to go to comic book movies, she'd be like, you don't look at the movie as a movie. You look at it as a comic book movie and you get mad when they don't represent things correctly, whereas, like, you're jaded by that. You're prejudiced by that. So, like, I get that thought process. For me, I have played Borderlands, like, all of the Borderlands, you know? Like, I've pre-ordered the Borderlands. I've stayed up till the sun comes up with Phil playing Borderlands release day but having Borderlands release date parties. I think that like Borderlands is a very integral part of my gaming when I was younger, you know, not too much younger, adult, but like yeah. it was an integral part of what I have gained in my life. So it's one of those things where like, am I jaded by my predisposition to have the, the content and the canon be right? Am I going to be able to like it for what it is? I don't know, but and this is always my counter-argument to her when she says that. And then I'm like, that's fair, but they're not going to make me people happy. 
And if they don't make me people happy, what are they doing it for in the first place? You know? Uh, so, like, <laughs> it, it's kind of an even argument, you know, as far as I'm concerned. You're trying to get broader appeal and get people into the theaters, but at the same time, you have to try and make the fan base happy. So... Mm-hmm. Will they teeter one way or the other? I don't know. Will I be okay with it? I don't know. But from what I saw of this trailer, it definitely seems like, at least for me, I'm lo- I'm giving up too much of what Borderlands is at its core uh, to, to the widespread appeal that makes me kind of unhappy. Also, a little bias here. My favorite character in the first game was Mordecai. He's nowhere to be found. Like, he was the character I played through the whole damn thing. So, a little bias on that one. Just a tad. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's where I am with that. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess we're done with that then, right? Yeah. And you know what? I, I actually just have to brief shout out. This is sure, the second time that I have suggested something that is Borderlands adjacent and we don't have Phil here because I feel like he has, he has That's thoughts true. and opinions That's on true. this too. That's true. I feel dirty. Uh, I, I think he's fine. I uh, Honestly, I was talking to him about it on uh, Saturday. He had to help me with my car, but car door stopped shutting weirdly enough. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. You you don't realize how much that's necessary. You know, when you think about a car breaking oh, down, I do. I do. you think about a car breaking <laughs> down, I always think about, oh, okay, brakes, muffler, alternator, battery, you know, that's what I think about. And then the car stopped shutting, and I was like, this thing will run, but I can't take it anywhere. <laughs> so uh, he had to help me fix that. I appreciate that. But we talked about it. He hadn't seen it yet. So... Um, oh. Yeah, and and he was like, well, "What did you think?" And I basically told him everything I said, which may have poisoned the well. I don't know, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure Phil will listen to this. Phil, please comment below. We will read it out as per se usual. And then, uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this sucker up and hit fan interaction. You mean news? Yeah, that that one. That's 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 the right one. That's that is the one that is correct. I was testing you. Uh, okay. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you solved my podcast puzzle. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this bit. All right, we'll be right back with news. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, that brings us to the news. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a quick one today. We don't have a lot. Uh, it's been kind of a slow week, thankfully. Fingers crossed, thankfully. I know FanFest is out, and there's a bunch of trailers out there, but that's not really newsworthy. So, uh, so yeah, so we, all, we each only have one, and mine is not news at all. It is just this weird thing that happened to me, and I didn't have anywhere else to put it. Um, so I was making room on my hard drive for Nightingale, uninstalling, moving some stuff around. I don't know if you've ever gotten this, Neil, but I went to uninstall Meet Your Maker because I haven't been playing it. Mm. It forced me to a website with a survey asking me why I was uninstalling it. Oh, shit. That's that's like that's like old school piece it's so old application school. uninstall. I was like... We're sorry to see you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It had a full survey. I was like, can you take time to just tell us why you're not going to have this sitting on your hard drive anymore, please? I was like, 
this is the weirdest shit I've ever gotten in my life, man. I've never gotten this anywhere else. But yeah, it, I hit in uninstall and just all of a sudden my webpage pops up and I'm like, what the fuck? Like for a second I thought I'd hit the wrong button. And then mm-hmm. boom, there's an uninstall survey there. And I'm like, I didn't even answer. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this for you. Like this, I'm not going to do clerical work for you because I don't want to play the <laughs> game right now. Like it's ridiculous. I just, I'm not playing it right now. I need the space. Go the fuck away. You know? See, I'm of the opposite mind on something like that. I actually wish when I went to go uninstall something, uh, there was a little thing that asked why I'm uninstalling it. Now, of course, a lot of the times it just be like, ah, it's not worth it. But sometimes I, I have a very specific reason that I'm uninstalling or getting rid of something and I want somebody to know. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things that I think we could benefit from just a tiny bit. Even if I'll it was just it. an option. Even I'll if it was just it. an option and that's it. I'll do it if I get offered a refund. <laughs> I'll, I'll write you a novel CD Projekt Red if I get a refund. Yeah, that's right. I haven't given up. I think I might get my money soon, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Not even kidding. I don't oh. think I can talk about it, but yeah. What? There is a, there's a class action lawsuit against Steam for, for their refund policy. Well, I know there's always something like that. I'm, I didn't know if it was I, something new that... I'm part of it, and they're currently settling. Well, shit. Yeah. I, I might actually get some money out of it. There you go. Yeah. I don't think this reaches enough to hurt anybody. I, I think I can talk about it. I never know. You know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, but yeah the, 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 the law firm that I signed up for with the class action had, sent me an email. and was like, this is what we think you can get. Uh, we're going to try and get this for you. Uh, and I was like, hey, whatever you can get is fine. If I get enough, if I get enough money to equal what I spent on Cyberpunk, I'll win. I've won. It'll be the greatest victory of my life. Like, yeah. e- e- easily, easily. I will have defeated CD Projekt Red in Steam. I will be all right with that. But yes. You know, I want to know when I'm getting my my dollar 25 from the facebook lawsuit (laughs) you gotta love that you gotta watch your email you gotta stay on top of it you gotta stay on top of it all right so what's yours so my one uh i'm like deciding this is my thing and just like throwing this on you completely unprepared um so uh i mean there was a nintendo direct last week yeah Um, I, i didn't even see that there was one so there was one it, game that I saw from it that I'm very excited about. So here's here's why I'm even talking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is more so this it, this itself is not inherently news, but I think it is indicative of news to come. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so normally Nintendo has these showcases and they have early in the year like their their big showcase of, hey, this is what we have stuff coming through for the year. We'll have one here for the first, mostly for the first half of the year. And then the June one is going to be the one that's really like got the heavy hitters, but maybe sometimes they tease Mm -hmm. when the really big things coming in this. You usually get one in summer for like one or two games. Yeah. This here is a partner showcase. And this Mm -hmm. is the one that like the, like it's the licorice candy of Nintendo directs Uh, because 
you think you're getting something great, and a lot of it is just the third-party stuff that mm -hmm. half of it's coming to other platforms anyways. Yeah. But Nintendo's platform is where they want to put it out. Right. I mean, we did get a little bit of information. Uh, they basically confirmed that Grounded is one of the Xbox exclusives coming to Nintendo consoles. It is great um, for that system, honestly. It is. It really is. Uh, they are the, the only other thing that I really found relatively interesting is that Epic Mickey rebrushed because um, Epic Mickey was... Fuck uh, that Contra, baby. All my devil fingers are up for Hard Rock Contra. Contra! Contra. They're remaking the original Contra. Uh, yeah. I, I sent it to my brother. We, we played Contra constantly as children. Like It was like our brother game. So like Contra, I'm like... All my chips are in on Contra. I was like, yes, Contra! Sorry. That's no, the one I'm fine. excited for. I couldn't wait um, anymore. But, you know, the thing is, we got no, we've, we've had no major announcements for what's been coming down the pipe. Mm -hmm. And I think combined with the fact that there's rumors now that this <laughs> uh, next Switch console is going to be coming out early next year. Yeah, say what you think. because I want I think June is when they'll announce that console. Yeah. Along with all the big, heavy, hitting ass shit that they've been sitting on for a while. Because they have been sitting on stuff for quite some time. We know that they have. Um, there was even a, a news article I was reading earlier that was saying something akin to <coughs> the fact that uh, Metroid Prime 4, because we're still fucking talking about that, like that's right around the goddamn corner. Um, is apparently set to be complete with a gameplay trailer and some CG cinematics to be shown in the summertime. Okay. We'll see. Sure. I, I don't believe these things anymore because I'm not that much of a fool. It only took me getting burned like three years in a row, but you know, whatever. Um, but I think in the summertime is when we're really going to start seeing this stuff. So we're going to have that one big show in the summer around June mm -hmm. for what Nintendo really has in the pipeline. Cause all we know is there's a remake of thousand year door coming. And then there's that princess peach showtime game yeah. coming out with yeah. the first party stuff. Yeah. Which is why we had a big old trailer dump here of the, uh, the partner showcase stuff. Right. Um, okay. So my thoughts on this, uh, first of all, Tim foil hat on, um, I don't think I, I've said it before. It was part of my predictions. I don't think Switch Two was ever planned for this year. I think I think they like to release things in that summer year. It worked for them for the first Switch. That was always the goal here. I think that their planned tell us about that system was September. It was always gonna be September because the last one was in September. They had a game plan. I think that game plan kinda got screwed up by the media latching onto this idea that the Switch was coming this year. Uh, and that's what everybody's been saying. The Switch is coming this year, coming holiday season, coming holiday season this year, blah, 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 blah. And I think Nintendo was like, well, we don't want to tell them they're wrong, but we don't want to release, we don't want to rush it. So I think this whole delay thing is bullshit. I think they just said it, oh, it's been delayed, <laughs> so that they could keep everybody happy, like everybody wins in that case. However, because of that, I think we probably will get some summer announcements for it 
instead of them holding on to it till September, just because they're going to want to keep that narrative in play. Not only are they going to want to keep that narrative in play, but they're going to want to get us a little bit excited for it. That being said, I'm still very worried about this system with what they've said it is. I don't think it is what people really want. So, I don't know. I'm still nervous about it. Uh, but yeah, that th- those are my thought process. I think, I think it is weird that we have a severe lack of like first party shit announced this year for Nintendo, and we continue in yeah. that drought. We literally just have the two games. One of them's a remake. The other ones, the other one's Princess Peach Showtime, which. <laughs> Maybe it's a good game, maybe it's not. It feels like a, a, a it feels like just a weird it, it feels so strange, man. It feels so strange. The more I mm-hmm. see it, the more I'm like this feels like a hentai dress up game without the tentacle porn. Like that's like what can we put Princess Peach, the most searched girl on Pornhub, like what can we put her in in a video game, I think this is so weird and it's so pandery. Like, why can't Princess Peach just... Okay, this is a weird rant. But why can't Princess Peach just have a game where she just does something? And I don't know if that's what this is, but this just feels like dress-up game. Like, doesn't that seem well, weird to you? Like, it seems weird to me that, like, it's Princess Peach and it's like, what crazy outfit is she in next? <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is weird, man. Here's the the one thing I will say is they already did Super Princess Peach uh, on the DS. Okay, it's actually one of the like weird, expensive games that it's hard to come across. Okay, <laughs> because uh, I mean it didn't sell super well, so they didn't make it for very long. But they already did that. I think Nintendo is leaning on something that they've leaned on for a while. Is they want to make a game but they don't know a way that they can make it other than putting a character in an outfit to justify a reason to make you do different things. Because I did watch uh, a little bit of a uh, the preview of this game, and that's what it is. It's very much, I mean, it's for, it, it's very much aimed at kids. Yeah. Um, but it's also... Or weirdos. Like, or like, weirdos <laughs> or weirdos uh, but it's it's all every single thing is basically like yeah these outfits basically are reasons for you to be doing things that you are currently doing i, I think it's just they wanted and needed to get something out and they didn't have a lot they didn't really have a lot to work with or very many ideas. Right. So they just kind of made that be How? the thing. How do they not have happen. ideas? Make the 4X Mario Universe game we all deserve. The Prince- fuck? Fuck yes, man. Princess Peach is one of the rulers in a 4X Mario Kingdom game. Yes, and centered around her. All my chips in the fucking pot. You can even do some kitty stuff. Oh, God. Uh, yes, yes. Make it like half, like you can, you can like platform in the battle scenes. Oh, oh, there's so many different hybrids of that in my head going off right now. That could be awesome. But no, we got to play dress up. We got to play dress up with the girly character. It's just irritating to me. I feel like a Prince Peach game could be so much more creative. And this is like bottom of the barrel idea for what the kind of character she is. 
You know what I mean? Well, I also think this is yet yet again Nintendo just Nintendoing. Because yeah. we've also complained yeah. about the opposite thing also being true is like they have a good formula in something that they've done and for some reason they cannot stop messing with it. They All really can. Mario. They really can. Um, the Thousand Year Door was the last straight turn-based Paper Mario game. Yeah. Then they turned it into an action RPG and then they just they there was Sticker Star where your moves were consumables mm -hmm. and Color Splash which you, where your moves were consumables uh, and then the uh, Origami King where whatever the fuck the dials <laughs> were uh, I mean they they're just like hey it's the, the, the new thing slap what you know on there and we'll see what sells yeah i mean it's, it's it's almost giving me it's it's almost giving me like mario 2 vibes right like it was something else something else right and they were like you know right. what if we just slapped mario or peach on it just hey, put peach man, on it's it. gonna be just put peach on it it can be a totally different thing she's got a lot of rule 36s uh you know i think that like that's it. I never get the number right. Is it rule 36? 43, I believe. 43. Rule 43s. I, I think that, like, I there are so many cool ways to attack Princess Peach, Queen of the Munchroom Kingdom, as her own game, other than let's put her in doofy outfits. Like, like you could have told us her origin story. Why is she a person and she's the princess? Of a bunch of mushrooms. They never said that. Tell us that story. How did she become the princess? Were her parents mushrooms? Tell us that story. Like, you could do a Final Fantasy Tactics style game with Princess Peach. You could do the 4X game. You could do an Ogre Battle style game with her. There is so many different ways to attack her being royalty. She's fucking royalty. Like, you could do a political diplomacy game with Princess Peach if you wanted to. But instead, it's like, ah, let's play dress up with her. Oh, now she's Zorro. Like, it, it's so frustrating to me that that's what they decided to do with her. It's just so silly. I don't know. I don't know. That's just my two cents. My two cents. Um, was there anything else? Or are we done? No, that was it. Let's do it. Let's wrap this sucker up. Put in a tiny little bow. Send it. Send it fucking home. It has, it has, it has happened. It has happened. Early show. It has has happened. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pause and go rule forty three ourselves. <laughs> I no no <laughs> no we won't. You most certainly will not. <laughs> oh man, pause. Seductive <laughs> images of pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Zachariah Rule 43. I don't know what I'd get with that, man. Oh, man. It's got to be an anime character. It would have to be. There's too many weird Z's and C's in there. I'd have to get an anime <laughs> character. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's do plugs and wrap it up. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that comes with it. Neil, would you like to plug anything specific? Yes, we are going to be, as long as schedules hold true, very soon, recording yes. the thing. Yes. Uh, the uh, it, it, the Ordo, con, uh, Ordo Scriptum, Constriptum. You're so close, man. Ordo, You're Ordo, so close. Ordo. Just just keep guessing. No, I'm just Ordo. kidding. It's, it's Ordo Scriptorium. 
Scriptorium. That's what it is. Motherfuck. Uh, yeah, Ordo Scriptorium. It's like or, uh, it's like the Order of Authors is what that is in Latin, Latin basically. Oh my god, that makes it so much cooler. I know. Uh, I'm very proud of that game. Oh man. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be recording that soon, mm-hmm. uh, and that will be on its way. Feels weird actually plugging something because we haven't had anything. I haven't had anything <laughs> to plug for a while. This is true. We will get back to streaming. We just we need to get the, the eventually. Way, yeah, the way we're gonna do Ordo, it, it's TTRPG side. Uh, basically, it is a new scenario, like scene, like world for the TTRPG from my company, Single Mod. Uh, myself and Wizard are writing it. Wizard is going to be game mastering. I'm going to be playing it with Neil, his lovely wife Kayla, and Corey, new to the new to the channel. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to do a hunt, then take a break, then a hunt, and then take a break. And the game is about authors. Well, yeah, authors injected with 18th century author blood to give them special powers, like Edgar Allan Poe, Mary Shelley, that sort of thing. And they hunt like Cthulhu-sized monsters, like Cthulhu, Dracula, that sort of total huge world-ending stalkers. Uh, And that's what we're going to do. So we're going to do like a hunt and then take a break, hunt and take a break. And the first episode will come out basically with the release of the new stuff. We don't know when either one of those are coming out, but we are recording it this Wednesday, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, But we need to record all of those for the first hunt before we start streaming again. actually start putting them out yeah yeah oh yeah well the uh, we're the yeah. streaming thing too yeah. like we need to record those once we record those and i think it'll only be a couple of sessions like of us actually sitting down and playing then we'll oh. schedule a stream but the last of three is by no means done we will be streaming again soon um uh, as far as the rest of the channel man we got something for everybody we got ttrpgs we've got let's plays we've got Let's Plays where we play a TTRPG in the Let's Play. We have, we have all sorts of stuff for you guys. There's so much stuff to offer. I do want to say coming up here within the next, I think, three weeks is the finale of Season 3 of OMGM, Old Man Gaming, uh, Old Man General Manager, or myself and Grandpa Gamer book against each other in 2K23. I almost gave it more letters. O-M-G-G-M, all man gaming, G-M-D-M-G-M. And yeah, so please check that out. We're really excited. It was a really good show, and we're having a lot of fun with that. Uh, So that's the only special plug I have this week. Uh, Oh, and my Nightingale review will will either be in the world or about to be in the world uh, at some point soon. Um, other than that, you guys can reach us on Facebook at OldManGamingDH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord links in the description below. Influence this and all of our shows from there. As long as you guys keep watching and listening, we'll keep making them. See you guys next time. Hey, more power to you on that, though. What do you mean? Being like, being the guy who is who is man enough <laughs> to say, you know what? I dunked on this shit for three plus years and damn it, it's solid okay. It really is. I, I will say this since I, because I, I stopped playing Skull and Bones when I, I got Nightingale Friday night. I wasn't going to spend any money, but I got high and bought it. So I, oh. it was it was Friday night. And so I haven't played that much because I don't play that much on the weekends. Usually my play is like weeknights when I'm yeah. not recording things. And, like, I have missed Skull and Bones. Like, I, all I can think about is, like, getting back into Skull and Bones. 
like is oh. getting this review done to go back to Skull and Bones. I will say I think I'm going to stream Nightingale because I think it makes for a better stream than Skull and Bones does, especially since I can't make a character specific to this. Like Skull and Bones, you make one character. That's it. That's you. You're done. You don't get secondary accounts or anything. It's just oh. that's that's your character. Go sail. Fuck off, you know? So, like, I can't start a, n- a new character just for the stream, whereas I can with Nightingale and just play it on stream for people, which mm-hmm. I feel is really necessary to streams, even though it's not. It's just something I like to do. So I'll probably mm-hmm. stream it, but, like, I have just been thinking, like, can't wait to get this review done so I can go back to Skull and Bones. I hit the end game in Skull and Bones, and I think it's really robust and interesting. I mean, from what I see, they can't get anybody to play it, and it's going to be my new anthem, and it's going to be dead in a year, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> but, exactly a year, <laughs> but this is this is this is my life now. What what bothers me is like, there's nothing they could do to this. Like, if people don't like this for what, it, and, and don't get me wrong, if they're not buying it because it's overpriced, more power to you. It's overpriced. I've said that repeatedly. As much as I enjoy Skull and Bones and have definitely gotten my money worth out of it, it's overpriced objectively, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not buying it because it's overpriced, more power to you. I, I raise my fist in solidarity. That being said, if you're not buying it because it's not what you want and the majority are like that, it's it, there's no 2.0 for this. The game is in working right. condition. Like there are some bugs. I watched their uh, they had like an ask me any they're doing a like a semi-weekly show called The Deck now and I put it on mm. while I'm doing other things. And they hadn't asked me anything, and they were asking them all sorts of questions. And, and they definitely have some bugs in there and some balancing issues. That's standard with those kind of games. But, like, it does not need an overhaul. It's not like Anthem where it was broken or the loot generation system was broken or the build system was broken. You know what I mean? Like, this, this is what the game... This is a fully functional, well-balanced game. The problem is, is it's not what most people want to play. And I think... That's the problem. I think even more so than Anthem, I'm not even going to be able to have hope on this one because if people don't want this how it is, it, they're never going to want this. You know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's There's no, like, we've retooled it to make it better. This is as good as it's going to get. I'm okay with it because I think it's awesome, but, like, I don't know. 